everybody, and welcome to the As You Are podcast. It is uh, the team of Enso Coaching and Consulting here, and uh, this is our final episode season of season one finale. Season one finale. Yeah. We thought we would just kind of hang out and talk a little bit about um, what we've learned from uh, the guests that we've had this season, talk a little bit about us and some of the learnings that we've had, and um, and just, you know, have a good old time with each other. I like that word learnings. Mm, yeah. It doesn't feel like it should be a noun, but it should. <laughs> but it, if it isn't, it definitely should be. Yeah. Because it's like different than goals and objectives, learnings. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It has that sort of like je ne sais quoi. I don't oh. know. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. We are so We're starting off today. Bonjour. Fancy sparkling water. Yes. yes fancy, fancy French, French words. <laughs> oh, well, yes. so, you know, so we've, we've had what, 12, 12 episodes yeah. in season one. This was kind of a, we wanted to test it to see how it, how it went. And I feel like we've had a lot of like really fun conversations yeah. with a nice variety of humans mm-hmm. that are all kind of doing things at a really high level yeah. um, and um, and kind of aligned with some of the things that we talk about as as coaches and as as team members. Would you guys yeah. agree? Yeah. I'm blown away by the not only people's ability to ideate things and brainstorm and create things, but also then how people can put that in action. Ugh. In a service-oriented way, because I feel like that's one of the things, like everybody we've talked to this season has had a why, a reason for a need. They've identified a need Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that exists out there in the world, whether that's in the work world and or the life world and or as though those things are inextricable. But (laughs) but, but the, the folks we've talked to have had a need. They've identified a need and they have... They have gone out and created something in service to others that's smart and intelligent and truly, it's just been really inspiring, I think. And the learnings certainly <laughs> that I have walked away with have been really vast. So, yeah, I think that my favorite part has been just talking with everyone how no one's path has been linear and it's been, you know, messy. And maybe there were things that they thought that, you know, their career was over. They didn't want to do, you know, they were stuck. And just the beauty and the creativity that's come out of, um, you know, sometimes when you're at a point where you're like, oh, this is, this is awful. Like how, how, what is the way up or how do I get through this? And just how much genius has come out of that. God, it seems like it's a it seems like it's a almost a theme with yeah. so many of the people that we talked to where they were like I was doing this thing I hit a wall I had to do something different yeah and it, I mean it, maybe sometimes and and maybe this is like you know I don't know if this is real or not but maybe that's what causes you know people yeah. to go and do something really amazing is like having something that forces them to look at something different or experience something different or do something different. Yeah. I just, yeah. you know, I I think there's a theme there, right? And I think that the- that theme seems to be a theme. It's like tongue twister day. <laughs> <laughs> that theme seems to be a theme that is also true of why we're all here and coming oh my together gosh. to do yeah. this work because right. I think that it can get to 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 be it can seem like wow it's so it's so obvious that that's what happens you hit a wall and then some people just fill in the blank yeah but there can be ways that you can 
forge a path in a, I hate that word strategic all the time, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. there are ways that we can work together to support each other to intentionally subvert those roadblocks mm-hmm. and come out from those roadblocks and it's it's not always magic i guess is yeah. what i'm saying oh, right yeah. there are there and are that's ways all you see is the end result and you're like man this yes. person has you know look at their amazing business and they had it all and it's like well before they had the ab- amazing business they went you know bankrupt and they had to do all of this stuff and pivot and all of these things happen so sometimes when you're seeing an amazing result it's very easy to look at it and be oh like my gosh. oh my gosh why can't i do that you can do that, but are you willing to have kind of a messy path to get there? I right, think that. right. I mean, I think not to talk about sports, but I think about sports and some. I mean, you can figure skating, talk whatever. Sports. <laughs> sports. Why sports. not? Figure skating. Yes. But like, you know, yeah. it, and when we're watching like a, a figure skater, you know, we're coming up on the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're going to see like an end result where somebody is <laughs> like doing this beautiful routine yeah. flawlessly. Yeah. It's never like that's never just what happens. Like it's always an intense amount of work and blood, sweat, and tears and all of those things that gets them there. And I think to your point, Adam, like part of the reason why we're here is because we see ourselves as catalysts in Mm -hmm. some way to when people hit that wall. Mm -hmm. And it's – and I – you know, like for me personally – me hitting a wall required me to go get somebody else to look at me and to say, how do we kind of help you unravel the stuff in here and the stuff in here and figure out what comes next and what the next path forward is? Yeah. And the realization in that is that there are so many people who just keep doing what they kept doing expecting something different mm. definition of insanity yes and mm-hmm. and and or safety right like sometimes it's just safe to keep doing what you continue to do but if you want something real and something beautiful and something you know magnificent on the other end it might require that you have somebody help you move past whatever that yeah roadblock is in your life yeah and i think that's another theme that we would see through the season is that no one said I did it by myself. No. 100%. Yeah. That's right. And I think that's always an important message. And like I'm I'm someone who's like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. One, that's never happened. Two, why would we celebrate that? <laughs> right, you know, when right. it's like we should work together and, and there's so many learnings we get from working together. Mm. And I think um, – You know, we talk a lot about coaching as a way to have a mirror up to someone Mm -hmm. where it's like working together. It's not like we're an outsider who says, I think you should do this, 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 that instead it's like these things are in you and we're going to examine and explore them and be able by working together to pull them out Mm -hmm. because you are capable of doing this Right, Mm -hmm. uh, and you're not alone in doing it. Right. Well, we, I mean, we talk about it all the time that coach, you know, coaching, a coaching relationship helps you get to what your end result is 10 times faster oh, than what you always do on your own. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's the, that's the whole purpose. Otherwise our minds are echo chambers <laughs> yeah. uh, by yeah. default. Yeah. 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 Right? Cause we, we know what we know. have to have other people. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. I think too, with that, we know, what we know, um, a lot of like the dialogue around coaching too includes, um, uh, options, Mm-hmm. Right. And resources. So if you're by yourself, it can feel like, well, I only know, you know, this small collection of options and you're making the best decision that you can with those. But again, by breaking out of that echo chamber a little bit, mm-hmm. that those options start to blossom mm-hmm. and suddenly it can feel like, 
well, anything's possible. Yeah. yeah. Now we're, I'm going to run away from sports and talk about gardens. <laughs> <laughs> Let's plant now those seeds. Plant our seeds. Get some water, some soil. Yeah. You make exactly. sure that soil is good soil. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's what could be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love what that. Could okay. be. Yeah, absolutely. Not what should be. Maybe what would be, but what could be. Yeah. That's what it's going to at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just going to jump on that even a little bit further because I, I love the shift of thinking where it's not like I have to, but I get, get to. to. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite ones, right? So it's that it's not should, but like, yay, I want to. <laughs> I want to do this. Yeah. And it's okay to do it for me. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. it doesn't – It I will only be in bed. It's that whole – cliche oxygen mask on the plane analogy. I'm only going to be as good for other people as I can be for myself. So it's okay. I think about Alice who was talking about Mm -hmm. the, the acronym, the magic mom. And a a lot of that it's, she had to say for herself, it, it sounded like from her conversation, there is something for me that if I can, I cannot be there for my daughters. I cannot be there in my relationship. I cannot be there in the way that I want to in service to others. If I cannot focus on what is going to be best for me in a moment as well as thinking about others all the time. Yeah. 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 It can be so easy to, um, to create a world that you think you need to fulfill based on so many other influences and getting to that core, which Alice talked about. And I I feel like Wendy talked about there. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of people Mm -hmm. that we talked to that really had to take a moment to say, I'm I'm doing this because I feel like it's the thing that I should do. Yeah. It's the thing that I was told is the right path forward. And until you stop and just break all, all of that down, you don't really know you're what is going through. Yeah. Yeah. Going you're through going through the motions yeah. and you know and living a life that is not yours, mm-hmm. which is sad. Well, I think too, I mean, with Wendy, I like how cool just to be like, this doesn't exist. I'm going to build it. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way that this, you know, there's so many people that they, again, just doing the same thing. They don't like the way something's going. They don't like, you know, where they are, whether it's career-wise, family-wise, whatever it is, but making the change and saying, okay, yeah. this doesn't exist, so I'm going to make it exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a gap. Yeah. 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 Let's – Let's fill it. Let's fill it. Let's not just com- complain about the gap because yeah. the gap is going to stay there if yeah. we, you know, don't proactively do something. And something I'd add to that too um, is that I don't think we need to wait until we're at our lowest point mm-hmm. in order to fill that gap. Yeah, you know that it's like you you can make the change now. You can mm-hmm. grow now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's a misconception that I've encountered in places where it's like, I've got to hit my lowest before I can move back up. Where it's right. like, no, no, no. That's, it doesn't have to be your lowest. Right. Right. Now. right. Yes. Well, and it's a constant. I, I And I, I think that's, you know, it's a constant look at yourself and, and, and the progression of growth that has to occur mm-hmm. in order for some of these things to happen, right? Because it can be really easy um, to to look at yourself and to say, okay, I want to make a change now. And then, you know, you hire a coach or you hire a consultant or you hire, you know, team to make some of those things happen. And then it's like, poof, you expect it to happen overnight. But the truth is, is that we, it's work. I mean, work like we've lived our, I mean, yeah. I think... <laughs> 
what's up with me and the analogies? Yeah, I'm like, thinking about my little pit bull puppy that oh, we have, like, yes. adopted. And like, you know, we have to, she was a year old when we got her and she has like all of these bad behaviors and we have to break down the last year of her life, you know, and, mm-hmm. and retrain her so that the things that she's afraid of or the things that she has fears around kind of dissipate and yeah. and that takes time it takes about as much time as it does it to rebuild about, it you know a 30 something year old human of you know many years of all yes. the, all the things so. right well and and i think it's the same for us like we you know when when we make the decision to make a change or to do something differently in our world mm. it takes time for us to continue to practice doing things that way and it's like a muscle and it yeah. doesn't happen overnight and it's work and sometimes it feels like this constant up and down movement of growth when it's never just beautifully linear. Yeah. You know, yeah. right to the top. And when we I feel like feels, we've seen that too. right? Feels in that moment, like these emotions. And that was what I thought was cool about Kyle's work, which I've always thought was cool about Kyle's work, is that you <laughs> can't, I mean, really, right. yeah. <laughs> he's okay. Uh, the economics of emotion, the idea that you you can look at that there have been studies on emotion and and that there are ways to say for a lot of people this emotion can map in this way and this emotion can map in this way and what might this emotion register as in a even in a statistical way i mean that's sort of the whole economics part for him i think when you're looking at a company and saying why is my company culture not working why do my employees seem to be unhappy or unfulfilled or unsatisfied and all of these kinds of things and i think it very much goes back to sometimes i have to look back a little further than i might think i need to look back and think about what has led me to this point? And then how can I use that to healthily inform moving forward? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Evidence-based. Evidence-based reflection. Based reflection. Right? Yeah. I love it. Evidence-based yeah. reflection. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's it's very interesting to just see how all of these people that we've talked to have just kind of mirrored the same the same type of trajectory. I think about Haley, you know, one of the things that she talked about um, was how she has to stop and take inventory of like her, like when she starts to feel her emotions kind of coming up, just going back to what Mm -hmm. we're talking about with the emotions, when her emotions are coming up, like she has to stop and, and work through that and look in the mirror before she can go and serve these, you know, these people who are underserved and need additional support, et cetera, et cetera. And that, you know, that takes a lot of awareness. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. It does. And I think having an openness to that as well, Mm -hmm. that it's like, I'm open to listening to my body. I'm open to learning and to feeling those things as opposed to denying it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just so, it's just interesting because I just, you know, back to what you were saying, Libby, like, thinking about all of these people and their businesses or their leadership. And and it's just like, it's this like. There's no one way. Yeah, there's it's no, just, no it's one like, way. Yeah, which is kind of beautiful mm-hmm. in and of itself, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. we get to choose like our painting and we choose our colors and we make our canvas, yeah. right? Um, and uh, it looks very different, but it's ours. And that's like. Sometimes it's, really it's a sculpture. Sometimes it's a sculpture. You know? like, That's right. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we're ghosting it. Maybe, right? Like, it's, yes. uh, <laughs> there are the hand motions we're talking about, the movie yes. ghosts right uh-huh. now. 
We're doing pottery together. Thank you. And maybe that's the coaching relationship, you know? There you go. That's right. There you go. Just running running you from behind. You're creating it. Ditto. Ditto. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Jinx and ditto. Oh, Oh my God. I love it. I I would love to be the Patrick Swayze. I'd like to be on the other side of the very right. I will gladly take that. Rest in peace. I know. We're going to move that penny underneath the door. Some deep cut ghost references. That's right. Uh, But I think, right, this idea that there's no one way and that, like, we can be really creative in what the ways are. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And we can learn from each other. Absolutely. Well, I think, too, coaching, we're meeting people on their path. Who knows where they Mm. are in their path? So that's such an interesting part of it is you might be – Meeting someone who's at the highest high that's seeking to, you know, get to the next level. You could meet someone at the lowest low. They are, you know, this is, they've completely broken down and they're trying to rebuild. So I think that that's just part of the beauty of coaching and meeting these clients kind of where where they are and, um, you know, <laughs> being their Patrick Swayze yeah. to get to the next level. <laughs> and helping, helping them, them mold. Get, right. Next. And helping them, you know, move to the next point of their life. And I think that that's just a very interesting and fulfilling part is being able to just meet them exactly where they are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, remembering, too, that every person is whole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Everyone is complete. And um, and that's a truth that I think is really important in our headspace when going into these coaching relationships. Yeah. We are not there to be like, let me, I was about to be like, let me fill your hole. <laughs> <laughs> I just said it, I guess. Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, oh, um, try a new analogy. Go back to the garden. Okay. We're there to help plant the seeds. Yes. Oh, it's, it's, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. fine. someone is whole and complete. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. We are not coming and saying we will make you complete. Right. That it is, I mean, like, that's the beautiful thing, as Livia is saying, like, we meet you where you are. And I think it's the, like, we all want to see people, like, I don't want to say even the best version, but just, like, what they want for themselves. themselves. Thank you. Yeah. 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 That's what we, that's what we want. That's what we want. (laughs) I want you to want me. (laughs) I think it's been amazing that, you know, we... Something we talk about a lot in voice work, especially when it's interpersonal communication, is that we like to think about like everything that's produced right here is the voice, but it really is a two-way street. It's the it's the other person. It's active listening. It's all these mm-hmm. things we all know about. But that active listening component, I feel like we really um are intentional about listening to the folks, not only on this podcast, but all the people we get to interact with as colleagues and as peers and even people we don't know who we get to learn from and apply this sort of conversation to the offerings that we are bringing to the table Mm -hmm. programmatically. I know we're probably going to talk here in a second about a lot of the things that we have been ruminating on and developing Literally in response to the conversations that we've been having mm-hmm. in this room. Right. You know, we're not trying to say we have this one proprietary thing that's exactly the way we do it. Not that there has to be a, anything wrong with that. However, 
I think that one of the things I want to pat us on the back. Yeah. <laughs> I do think we all value listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's because we're musicians. Yeah. But I, yeah. think, I think that we value listening and taking that into account as we continue to morph what we try to give back out yeah. Yeah. Um, to clients. Yeah. And I, I think the other word I'd bring in with listening is presence, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. we we are present in our conversations. We are present with one another. Um, and that's a huge part of listening, yeah. right? That you're, you're active in it. Absolutely. Those are two of our values. We just talked about uh, creativity and presence. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. It's, it's really important. It's really important to be an active listener and because we don't, we don't know what anybody else is dealing with going through, what their background is, where they've come from, what challenges they face, how they perceive Absolutely. themselves. And this is an opportunity for us to gain evidence so that we can give the right kind of prescription, mm-hmm. you know, um, when it comes to a coaching relationship, not to say that, yeah. Another word that I love, I'm just like busting out all these words, um, that's a, it's a mindset is being curious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love it. I don't know what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're going through. Yeah. Like I mm-hmm. and and it is this amazing reveal. And that I think is part of the learning and the listening and the presence mm-hmm. is the like you could say anything. Right. Right. My uh when uh when I was doing some of the the training um and certification stuff, um one of the things that they talked a lot about was um coming to things with a child's mind, mm-hmm. right? Which I is is such a good yeah. like frame of mind or a frame of reference to be like. I need to like approach this relationship as if I'm a child. I know no, I can't assume anything. I know I'm nothing. My four year old's mind. That's right. Yeah. She's got, <laughs> she got questions. questions. She, needs she does. No. Yes. Yeah. And 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 what a what a good reminder of you know how many filters we build on as we age and as we get older. Like it's just layer upon layer upon layer. And it's our job as coaches to kind of peel back the onion and try to get mm-hmm. to the core of what is a challenge or what might be a block, so that we can help them move towards whatever their goals mm-hmm. are, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, I think a lot of people have a difficult time engaging in just igniting that coaching relationship or just getting on that first call. And I equated a lot to what I think happens in auditions in the film world and the theater world, live auditions and things, because I'll often ask a, a client who is a, you know, going into an audition as an actor, as a vocalist, what is your goal for this audition? And is if the word uh, prove comes up mm-hmm. in that sentence. My goal is to prove that I can do it to, yeah, these, yeah. to the people at the table, <laughs> the casting directors. My goal is to, even if it's my goal is to book this, this role, then we have a little bit of a reflection, a little bit of a conversation about maybe it's enough mm-hmm. not to try to prove anything mm-hmm. and simply to perform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Show right? up. To show up, to enjoy to find the joy because it's a hard it's a hard uh uh career as as we all know sitting here it can be a tough career to pursue the the arts or 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 you know performing in any way and so letting oneself not feel like one has to prove something um or already have 10 goals written out to start that coaching relationship i think that's really important it's okay to click on that mouse and have no idea what's yeah, going to happen at absolutely. first. Mm-hmm. Maybe even encouraged to click on that yeah. mouse and have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. Absolutely. It's okay. Yeah. And I, 
I what I love. I mean, everything you say is always beautiful. Um, but getting to the why of it, right? It's like if we're running with this idea of being a performer, why are you a performer? Mm-hmm. And how much and how quickly you can get to because I love it. I enjoy mm-hmm. it. Um, and so in those places when people are for coaches, it's so important for us to understand the why of the other person right? because it's a great way that we can like create the tracks and something we can return to when it feels a little like I'm veering off of the purpose here. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But remembering what is the motivator. Yeah. Yes. I agree. And (laughs) I feel like um, I I really want to kind of dig in on just each of our different coaching styles and Mm -hmm. what we – do and bring to the table and um, maybe just talk a little bit about our approach with our clients. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at you. Yeah, go for so it. So I'm no, – brought it up. Well, so do it. You because yeah. you're the one yeah. first one to answer, I think. Uh, no. I like yeah, yeah, you ask the go question, be ready yeah. to answer. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, uh, my name's Libby <laughs> yes. and I'm a career yeah. coach. And um, so in working with my clients, um, I – really enjoy um, kind of getting to the, again, getting to the why of, you know, why we're here in the first place and what we're looking to do. I think people think of career coach and they're like, I'm going to get a really sweet resume. And yes, you are. You are going to get a really good looking resume. (laughs) Don't, I mean, of course. Um, And we're going to get you all up to speed on, you know, LinkedIn and networking and we're going to do all of those things. But for me, um some of the best work is with my clients around what their values are and doing that values work. And um, because so many times people don't know, they know they're unhappy in a job, but they don't know why. They don't know if it's the actual work, if it's the environment. Um, And so a lot of times I meet people in this place where they're very, they're feeling stuck and they don't know what they want to do next, but they don't know if it's a career change or if they just don't like doing what they're doing, or maybe it's just a company. And so when we start in on the values work, figuring out what's important to them and if their company or their specific role is lined up with their values. Many times it is not. And that is, at the end of the day, when you're feeling exhausted and your biggest value is your time and you work for a company that does not value time, you're constantly at conflict. Mm -hmm. And so that is going to make you, you I mean, that's going to make anyone just really feel burnout. Um, And so some of my most rewarding, I would say, um, sessions that I've had with my clients lately have been this values work. And when they do find a company that is in alignment with their values, and, you know, we come up with all kinds of strategic questions that they can ask, but the night and day feeling of you know, what it's like to work for someone that you are in alignment with rather than constantly working, you know, with a company or for a boss that you are hitting the wall with. Um, That has been really rewarding. And and I think it's just something that people don't think about. No. Like sitting down and – and and I've had people be like, I've never sat down to do this, but sitting down and saying what is important to you and – and coming up with, you know, ways to see that in, you know, a company because I ha- also have people who they say something like creativity is really important mm-hmm. to me. Okay, well, maybe if you're, you know, a lawyer or, you know, you're a engineer, like 
creativity doesn't necessarily come to mind, but finding how you can be creative in those roles and and how that creativity can be celebrated. So I think that that has been, for me, one of the most rewarding things is really working with people on values. And then, of course, getting them awesome jobs. Yeah. Um, Naturally. And I feel like, yes, I feel like a proud mama when when my clients get these interviews and start working at cool companies. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's so, so much of it, though, is – it's more than resume. It's more than, you know, where do I apply? Um, again, I do think people tend to think of it as this very tactical. And yes, those are important pieces. Your resume is absolutely important. LinkedIn is important. Networking, all of that stuff is important. But at the core, if you're not clear about what you want, what's going to happen is, you know, you're going to interview for a role. Or you're not going to know where to look. Mm-hmm. Or what type of roles you want. And chances are you're going to keep repeating Mm -hmm. what is happening to you now, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think to Adam's point about the active listening and then getting into curiosity around Mm -hmm. some of these things, we allow people to self-discover. I mean, they're discovering this themselves. We're not telling them what their values are or where they should go look for jobs or what things are important to them. It's this process, this expedited process Mm -hmm. of coming to the realization of what you actually want versus, you know, being miserable and being unclear about it. I mean, to your point around values, you know, the the number one cause of burnout is being misaligned with what yeah. you what you value on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. If you are doing things on a day-to-day basis that are pushing against your values, you're going to be exhausting. exhausted. You're yeah. not going to be energized and and getting people into opportunities where they're aligned with their values will cause energy cause more energy, yeah. will cause more opportunity, will cause more, you know, pep in the step, pep so to speak, step. you know. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's going from I have to to I get to. Yeah. 100%. Right. 100%. Yeah. I, I just want to, I mean, I can go on for days about how amazing Libby is. Get out of here. I can. It's so easy to. Why? No, let's each take a turn. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go in a circle. Um, I, and I hope this doesn't, like, hard and soft skills, I think, are f- terms that are thrown around a lot. Mm. And um, and I, I don't know how much people subscribe to them, but. Um, Yet it's language that people understand. But it's language right? people yeah. understand. That's a good yes. point. I feel like Libby is such an incredible balance of those hard and soft skills. Mm-hmm. Right. But right. Because it's like there are things that for people who value the like, what is the like the practical, the tactical. Yeah. And then for the people who value like well, what's going on with the. The feelings and the understandings um, that you're able to bring all those things to the page. And I think also what's nice about that is then it's broader appeal for folks yeah. that it's like they can come in with a variety of needs uh, and get those needs really met. And um, I'm a soft skills gal. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, plus Libby is just so lovely oh. and she's so funny and she <laughs> is just really easy to open up with and engage and um I'm sure I've said it before, but like Libby, like if you if you see her on the other side of the Zoom, you can't help but smile and feel I don't even want to say comforted, but just like in very capable hands. And that it's like a hand I want to hold oh to go on the journey. You know? Can you guys leave yes, us alone for a minute? <laughs> 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 oh 
my gosh. Well, and also, I just want to add on to that. You know, Libby has also received a lot of results, and we don't want to get into specifics because, you know, we protect our clients' confidentiality. But, I mean, she's had multiple clients with some offers from some major companies, which is also just Mm -hmm. really exciting. Maybe someday we'll be able to talk about them. But, you know, I mean, it just goes to show that the work that you're doing is not only allowing them to execute on the thing that they hired you for, yeah. which is to get a freaking job. It's also just very like, hard. Right now. I, I think the yeah. other well yes, yeah. and I think the other thing too is, you know, is um they're staying with you after they get the job. Yes. Which is also a testament to the work, the deeper work that you're doing. Cause it's not and it can be. There may be you may get clients that just sure. go through the process and you get them the job and then that's the end of the relationship, the end. Yeah. And there may be and and the opportunity that I think these clients are seeing with you is it's more than just getting the job, but it's also remaining aligned with those values and continuing to get the things that they want out of uh, out of their lives. Yeah. And you are more than just a career coach. Yeah. You know, you are supporting them in a multitude of different areas. Yeah, because yeah. honestly, just because the company has your values and you're aligned with them doesn't mean that y- life happens and companies and roles change and people have to pivot and things happen. And so you know, making sure that you're always staying because just because they're your values doesn't mean you're always staying true to them. Right. A hundred percent. And so reminding someone, hey, this is this is important to you and you are you're not paying attention to it and you're not, you know, Mm -hmm. giving that that value the time and space that it deserves. And so I think I mean, it's a it's a continuous journey. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and Kathleen, I think you just teed up a little bit in my mind. Ah. <laughs> I'm a soft skills person. Yeah. A little bit about a collaboration we're yeah. working on yes. <laughs> that might be coming down the – well, that is coming down the pipeline, actually. Yes. Very excited about it. Um, and I would love to hear you introduce that because I think you have such a great way – into a field that I work in every day, but you come at it from a very different perspective, which is part of why we're Mm -hmm. collaborating on this new initiative. Yeah, so it's gonna be this 12-week course that we roll out. um, And I'm really excited to, to team up with Adam. And I think like, maybe where you're going with this in part is it is the hard and the soft skills that get to come together. Yes. And so I'm one of the the categories I'm in with coaching as in mental wellness, mm. and then the other one, relationships and transitions. But with that mental wellness, it's how we relate to various parts of our personality. Mm. And so it's ultimately a course that we're doing that's around public speaking. And I like to nuance that like public speaking can be, you know, you're a keynote at a conference or you're leading a meeting or you know, you're talking to your boss about getting a raise, just like any of these instances in which we're speaking in front of other people. And, you know, the approach with the mental wellness um, is unpacking um, what often might be some of those um, roadblocks or barriers to going in and feeling authentically confident. Mm -hmm. And I'm really big on that authenticity because, 
you know, it can be the like, well, I'm I'm going to say I'm confident or like, sure, this thing <laughs> looks confident, right? But how can you show up as yourself and feel ready in yourself? And so some of that is, like I said, those those roadblocks to getting to that confident place. And so some of that is anxiety. And I think anxiety um, is a really loaded word, um, as, as it should be, because there's a, a lot of feelings around it and yeah. a lot of ways in which it manifests. But also um, understanding that anxiety and feeling like you're able to to shape what that anxiety looks like. So how it manifests, understanding why we have it and how it can sometimes be helpful. Like what is your anxiety communicating to you? And in understanding that, then, you know, what does your anxiety need? Mm. Um, and being able then to get those needs met um, and to also, I mean, oh my gosh, like this is one of those things that comes up all the time with me. And clients, um, I just like humans, um, just this idea of how often people can feel alone mm -hmm. with their feelings. Mm -hmm. And it's going, feels like you're going through it alone. And it can also feel like I'm the only one who feels this. And it's not coming from an ego place. I think that that's part of the mental wellness is your mind plays that trick on you. Mm -hmm. So the number of times I hear people go, Am I weird for feeling this way? Or like, it's so unusual. Or like, can you even understand what I'm saying? Um, and that I hear this from everybody. I mean, that's a fallacy. <laughs> everybody? everybody? <laughs> but that I hear it from so many people and to be like, oh, honey, you're not alone. Mm. And I think there's something really powerful about a group setting, like what we're doing with this course, so that it's like, I'm here with 14 other strangers. Um, and oh my gosh, I see that I'm not alone in this. And let me hear what they're going through because I might learn a little bit more about myself through learning about someone else's mm -hmm. experiences. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's like a really beautiful camaraderie that can come out of that. Mm -hmm. um, and so in understanding those emotions and feeling like you've got a better handle on those emotions to come again, again to that like authentic confidence mm -hmm. and understanding. Um, and that's an ongoing relationship. Mm -hmm. And then so, you know, like soft skills. <laughs> well, you know what I have to say, though? This is yeah. a really cool moment. This is happening right here live. On the uh -huh. uh, this is a really cool moment for me, Kathleen, because we've been collaborating on this yeah. curriculum for a while now. I'm very excited about the curriculum. I think mm. it's going to be Stay tuned. kind of groundbreaking. Yeah. Uh, but really. Uh, but something that that we have not talked about, and you just brought up this feeling that folks have that they are often the only individual who is is feeling, experiencing what they're feeling. Um, last year, I was involved in a project, and part of my contribution to this project was creating this approach for vocal coaches to take when a new client comes into their studio or their clinic and says, hey, I hate my voice. Mm. There's actually a term for it. It's vocal confrontation. It's something that is studied. Uh, not enough, but it's something that is studied. But there has not necessarily been something practically put out there as sort of a process by which in the first 10 minutes, a speech language pathologist, a vocologist, a physician who someone is saying this to them could could uh, walk through perhaps as a quick, you know, initial uh, interaction. Mm. And so this was this was my contribution to this project. And so the acronym I came up with was VOICE because it made sense for all the things I wanted to talk about. But the V is validate. Mm. That's the very first part of the VOICE acronym for this, which is 
you're not the only one who hates. It is amazing to me how many folks come in and say, oh, I thought everybody liked their voice. Mm. And I'm like, oh, no, the vast majority of people oh, no, don't that's, like No, that's voice. just a little it show is, we put on. That's right. That's right. And, and so just to launch with this idea that you are actually in the majority, mm. honestly. Mm. Um, you are not in the minority. And it's and now we can move through some more discussion together um, about about why that might be, and some people that matters to, and some people it doesn't matter to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we have these conversations. But what I love about what we're putting together is that there is going to be that opportunity to do that on the very first day. This 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 quote validation that you're not the only one, and I think that's really special. And then I do think that. Um, I do think that we have put together a, I don't want to call it a curriculum, a journey, Ooh, I think, yes. right? Where you do get to, you know, you get a week with Kathleen, you get a week without him, you get a week with Kathleen. And part of that is so that we can really um, never lose sight of, let me check in on my anxiety, on my fears around this, on the unknowns around this, while I build some quote hard skills uh, around yeah. confidence begets confidence, right? So, so are you often told that your voice is quiet or that you can't be understood? Or are you often asked to repeat yourself? All of these kinds of things. Sometimes that has nothing to do with the physiology or the instrument, although it can, but oftentimes it's a confidence begets confidence mm-hmm. thing. And that's what I love about the cyclic nature of what we're going to be doing. So stay tuned out there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Maybe by the time so this good. is out there on that, we'll be offering it. I don't know. But um, in any case, I am I am very excited because it is an area where people who come in to take um, speaking voice uh, classes for actors or speaking voice classes for or singing voice classes, things like that. Oftentimes, the number one thing they want to make sure we address in the scope of that class is, um, you know, fear and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And it's something that in a class like that, you get so little time to touch on it in 10 minutes. This is really taking that to the forefront and the core. And I I just am so thrilled that we're doing it together because that is your area. I mean, it it, it truly is. And as someone (laughs) with anxiety. But someone who's also a a professional vocalist. I mean, that's what I think is so cool, right? Mm -hmm. You you have you have lived experience. And so I'm I'm really excited about that. Excited about it too. Well, will you more to come on that? Because yes. that's yes. really exciting. So, um, some really exciting stuff. But can we talk a little bit more about you as a coach um, and some of the, you know, what does a structure look like when you're meeting with a client for the first time? And yeah. Yes. Um, I think coming back to the why of it, mm-hmm. why have you sought out coaching? Mm-hmm. Um, what has inspired this? And what is it you're wanting to work on? Mm-hmm. And, um, and coming back to the like, the what is it you want to work on, but what motivates you to want to work on that? Mm-hmm. And so in coaching, there's the overall big goals that we're working towards. But then in the sessions, it's it's not just like, what are you doing right now that fits into the biggest goal, but also what do you need right now? Mm-hmm. So um, I think it comes back to the, the presence piece and that there will be some of those days where it's like, okay, I know that there's still the bigger goal, but what I need right now is something else. Yep. And so I think it's this openness that like, um, there is this thing that someone said to me when I was younger that I hold in me all the time, which is that um, 
dreams, and I think we can use that with goals, changing is a sign of maturation. Mm -hmm. So what you come in with one goal in that first call might not end up being the goal through our work together. Because as you learn more and understand more, uh, that can start to shift. And I I talked to Leslie about this because I – I get very nerdy. That's like, oh, we talk about coaching and the gaps that exist. So it's the like, what is the goal, which is what you're working towards. The reality is where you are today. And that gap is in between. And that there are ways to fill this gap. Um, And understanding if it's something that has to do with an activity, a skill, or a mindset. And communication is one of my favorite ones around this because when I'm working with relationships, communication is obviously one of the big ones that comes up. And so activity would be I don't know what to say. And then skill would be, I know what to say. I don't know how to say it. And then mindset is, actually, I don't have the confidence to do any of this. Mm -hmm. So someone could come in and be like, I want to learn what to say. But that in working together and understanding more of of, of what it is, that those goals can evolve. Mm -hmm. Um, And so – I, I'm like, what does a session with me look like? It is a lot of, I think, deeper understanding and reflection. And as I said before, how we relate to various parts of our personality. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just want to say, I mean, Please. one of the things that you do so well, Kathleen, is leaves a, you leave a lot of space mm-hmm. for people to get to that self-discovery. So to your point, they may come in with some objective, some goal that they have. And what you do in creating that space, allow them to take the time to actually think through what they actually need. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, again, the, the point of coaching is that there's a there's a block. There's something that, that, they, that somebody can't get where they want to go because something's holding them back. And a lot of times we might not even know what that is, mm. but we know that there's something that we want. And you are... I mean, a master. I don't know anybody. I, I really no, it's don't. Really true. I it's really don't really know true. anybody who creates as much space and asks like really, really great questions yes. to allow somebody to get to that point. Thanks. Yes. And that's. I mean, it's just. It's natural for. It does not feel. Oh, yeah. No. It is very natural. It does not feel forced. I would say that Kathleen, you have such an amazing ability to just make people comfortable. You just bring um, a comfort and like a, a, a very safe environment anywhere you are. I mean, you yes. can be asking me about like what I had for lunch and I'm like, oh my God, I just feel like <laughs> that was the best answer. Like I just feel so supported in my yeah. choices. Well, when we, were, we oh, went yeah. to Utah for, we went to Utah for a training yeah. and we had this like big dinner yeah. and Kathleen was like, let's all talk about what we love about each other. <laughs> and it was the most something it, it that normally would like, make me like, So uh, cheesy, right? Like it's, yeah, like it was But great. it was the most, it was so, it was such a beautiful, I will yeah. remember that dinner. I know. I didn't know half of the people at the table, yeah. more than half of the people at the Same. table. And it was one of the most like beautiful moments yeah. I've experienced. Yeah. And it was so natural and it felt like not so authentic. Not forced team fun. Yeah, not yeah. forced team fun. <laughs> It was amazing. <laughs> Kathleen was beautiful. Is Kathleen, you guys, a, this is a lady. Get, yep. get in it there. Is the get truth. in there. It is the truth. Get in on it. I'm going to put this in my evidence Truly journal true. later. Yes. yes. Please do. Please do. Yes. Okay, so now, like, switching gears yes. to Adam. So you guys are going to be working on this, like, um, this voice speaking, public speaking course, which I think is going to be 
mind-blowing and amazing for so many people. But talk a little bit about your space and your area that you focus on. Sure. Generally speaking, I would say 90% of the time when an individual client comes to me and wants voice work and they're not an actor or a singer and that's why they're there. (laughs) I'll put those people to the side for a second Um, because that is a different – that is a different – Bag of tricks, can of worms, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Metaphor day. <laughs> Generally speaking, there is a real specific reason that somebody wants to come and work. Um, it can be that there is some sort of, um, quote, stage fright around a keynote that they have coming up. Often there is a specific project, though certainly not always. Um, very frequently, what happens when someone comes to work with me on their voice is there's this there's this instrument that is called the VHI that is sometimes used in clinical voice work. It's the voice handicap index. And there's a 40 question version and a 10 question version. And the 10 question version, um, those questions that come up on there are things like, are you often asked to repeat yourself? Uh, that's one of the questions, for example, on the VHI 10. Those questions that come up on there, I would say 80% of the folks who come to work with me who are executives or who are uh, attorneys, people who are really looking to increase their vocal power or prowess in some way, generally answer pretty high on one or more of those questions. Mm. They don't even realize there's some questionnaire that exists out there, (laughs) of course, but it goes to show how aligned that kind of thing can be. And so it's very... um, occupation specific sometimes when it comes to the uh, field in which an individual works, if they're there for that sort of work, which they tend to be when I when they come to work with me. And one of the things I think is so important, and this is just going to continue on the theme of all that we have discussed today. <laughs> it really is. We love a theme. It really is. Is that the best way to have an authentic voice is to be authentic in what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. authentic in your perspectives of what you're talking about. And I think very importantly to be aware that there is not one authentic voice in you, only one authentic voice in Mm. you, or only one authentic you. Mm. This is something that you know my business partner and I and another business that we have that does branding and marketing – We talk about this with every client that we work with, truly every client, that there is is not a brass ring to be had that is one authentic you or your one authentic voice or your one authentic perspective. Because I think a lot of existential crises sort of exist when people are like, but I don't feel like that. I don't feel like I'm finding that one authentic, my voice. And I say, well, speak. Okay. Well, that was your voice. (laughs) Right. You just heard it. Yeah. Yeah. Now speak again, code switch and speak in a different circumstance. That's also your voice. Right. And I think a lot of people are afraid that, you know, I mean, the research says that we code switch thousands of times a day. Yeah. So it is not that every time I code switch, I'm being inauthentic. Mm-hmm. It's something we do by reflex. Mm. Yeah. And that can be just as authentic. So part of what we do is we kind of go into a little bit of 
role play in different scenarios. Well, let's let me let's work on that keynote that you have coming up. But now let's work on something that maybe you are going to talk to your C-suite about next week in a meeting that's completely different. Okay, let's sort of just investigate and watch back and observe where the authenticities were in those moments and how that did or maybe didn't connect to your vocal delivery in the way that you would like. Let's talk about physicality and how that is connecting to or maybe betraying your vocal delivery. And it can even get into things as specific as the where your mic placement is mm-hmm. and what your eye contact is with a camera. Uh, during COVID, there were executives I worked with who were doing their keynotes on camera, of course. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what we would work with is, well, how close are you to the camera? Uh, are you making eye contact directly with the camera or are we talking to a different individual? Where is the mic place? All of these things can come into you feeling confident, confidence begets confidence and successful. And those are the kinds of things that um, I tend to work with always putting the goals of the individual first. And if that individual happens to fall into the 10% of people who come to work with me who don't have a very specific reason or goal in mind, then we kind of explore a lot of different things about the voice. There's lots of fun that you can have with playing around with the voice. And it's in a space where you do not have to feel as though you are being judged. I guarantee I've heard every sound that can come out of the, that can come out of the human larynx. And so there is, there is no right or wrong. There is no judgment. And it's, it's, I am just so grateful to get to be able to do what I do um, in that way. I was going to say, I think one of Adam's like, the the space that he creates again a comfortable space that just feels like you can truly do your your best work and because there's no it's just a nice judgment free zone <laughs> um but it is just a very comforting and you know there are just the the tips and the tricks and all of the whole bag of tricks this guy has. Yeah, well, and Adam does a really good job of letting you feel comfortable with your voice. Yes. Mm-hmm. And allows you he knows the voice in yeah. a in a in a technical space yeah. so well yeah. that it allows you to do what you do and then he knows what we need to manipulate or move or, you know, whatever based on how you sound. And there are a lot of people, speech coaches and voice coaches that lean on a tactic or a way of doing things that they believe is the right way. Adam doesn't do that. He allows the the human to be at the center of right. the work that he does. And mm-hmm. I think that's just what makes him so special. I appreciate that you say that because oftentimes, especially in the singing world, someone will come to you and say, well, which of these methods do you teach? <laughs> yeah. And I, I always say I don't subscribe to one <laughs> method. That's like saying, here's one closet of clothes or one section of the department store or whatever, and that's what you got to do. The end. If you're going to work with me. I, the, the same end. thing doesn't work for the, everyone. It, because and I mean, does not. you know, in voice work too. And I mean, yeah. I think that it's, you have to, again, meet people where they are. And if they come in with, you know, huge aspirations, you know, you have to know that it's a process. Well, and you can tell when you're watching somebody do a keynote that they have been taught something that is not authentic to themselves. And when they show up, when they're able to show up as themselves, even if it's a little rough around the edges or not textbook, 
the audience so feels something. Yeah. I mean, the yes. whole the purpose yeah. yes, yes. Is, for, is for, you know, an audience member to connect with who that person is one way or another. If you are reciting doing something that's inauthentic, they're not going to connect. Yeah. And they yeah. think that that's, that's what, right. one of the things that's so beautiful about Adam. I would agree. Well, thank you. Oh my God, so many beautiful things about Adam. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, <laughs> truth, like one, like even in hearing you talk about this and also getting to work with you as a student um, and as a colleague, just what an expert you are. Oh yeah. I mean, it is deep and profound how yeah. much you know and how much, you know, you got the experience, but you've also done so much learning yourself and understanding this. And I'm like, does anyone match you in your expertise? Because I don't actually know. No. Um, and it's just like, and like <laughs> now. the way you're able to approach it, and I, I flip and love this, um, that there is a science behind mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think often understandably when people think about things like the arts or like singing or the voice, whatever it may be, that it can feel like something separate from science, but that it's, it's like- It's either no, a there's... skill you have or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> Elu- very elusive. Yeah. Very right? elusive. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, one saying there's not just one way, that mm. it's like, okay, I got to go find the right person for me, that it's like just your complete comprehension mm-hmm. um, and also ability to teach and convey this mm-hmm. um, is really so powerful. I'm like floored by you. I feel like every time we talk with just how much you know. I have to say how much I appreciate that. And what I want to say in that is, yes, matched a billion times over by other people who do this in the world. But (laughs) here's what I want to say about that. Because I think that what's really special about the vocology community, the study of the voice, uh, which includes people who are vocal coaches, physicians, nutritionists, um, personal trainers, uh, physical therapists, all these people you would never necessarily think would come into play with the voice. What I think is so cool about that community is the desire to keep learning from each other and to create new things together with each other. That is the thing. I think that there's so much knowledge now that voice science research has been funded in in a much better way over the past couple of decades. There's so much more knowledge happening but virtually no one writes their own thing or does their own thing mm-hmm. or, or, or researches their own thing because everybody wants to learn and create with each other in this community. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so, so special. And that is how there's no such thing as unmatched because it's kind of like you're just cre- you're matching each other yeah. in what you're creating. And that I am very, very grateful to be part of, of that community mm-hmm. that can that then we can go out hopefully and in our individual disciplines can can help people from our own specialty areas, yeah. but in such a holistic way. And oh, yeah. that's what the hope is. I feel like there's some there's congruency in that. Oh, We're yeah. always wanting to learn, learn from each other, learn from other people, learn from our clients, learn from the people that we've brought on as guests. It's something that I think we all value very much and that if we want um, the most fulfilling life, like the learning from each other and learning how to be an expert in our craft is critical. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of learning, learning from others. I was going to say, Fearless speaking of learning. Learning, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> learning from this lady. We're I ready. Know. Yeah. Yeah. The same oh, thing. my gosh. We're going to hold hands now. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I, I'm, I mean, majority of the work that I do is working with um, leaders, uh, aspiring leaders, business owners, entrepreneurs who are looking to have, you know, a more fulfilled business. Mm-hmm. 
either um, better balance or they need ROI to go up or they need their teams to function more effectively or they're a individual contributor that's saying, I, I want to take ownership in my world, whether that's working with another leader or if that's taking themselves to a new uh, a new level inside of the organization. And um, similarly to a lot of the things that we talked about, so much of it is around the discovery of what does that mean? You know, what does the future look like? What is the outcome that you're anticipating and why? What's driving that? What are the values that yeah. we're looking to get to? And then we look at the prescription of, okay, is this an activity-based thing? Because a lot of times it may just be, I have a plan. I can't stick with the plan. Mm-hmm. I'm distracted by all of these things that are coming in. And so then we just get really narrowly focused on what are the biggest levers that we can pull to get you to the outcome as quickly as possible. It could just be an activity-based coaching yeah. relationship. I yeah. have some clients, all we do every week is we're like, what are the numbers? And did we hit those numbers? And why didn't we hit those numbers? And what do we need to do differently? Very tactical. Yeah. And that and that works because there are just some clients who are very That's clear about all the yeah. other things, but they just get distracted and things pull their attention. Some of it may be skill-based. I don't know how to look at a PL. I don't know how to structure a sales team. I don't know how to build a, a team around me that's going to be functioning at a really high level. So we get into strategy around what does that look like? What do you want it to look like? How much money are you willing to put into it? How do we measure the ROI on all of these things? So we get really tactical around some of those things. And then we get into the mindset work, which is, mm-hmm. you know, I am leading this team, but I'm insecure in X, Y, and Z. I... um I want to make X number of dollars in this business, but I don't feel worthy of that. They, mm-hmm. Nobody ever says I don't feel worthy of it, but they'll say I'm I'm just struggling with being motivated by that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we work on the mindset side of things. And and you know the thing and part of the reason why all of this started in the first place was I you know again went through a lot of self discovery myself around how many. Um, ways I could have been more effective as a leader and more effective as a communicator and as a business partner to the people that I worked with. Um, And I didn't have those tools. I didn't have those capabilities. I didn't have people who were working with me around how my mindset was, it was um, an inhibition to being able to get the things that either I wanted or that I knew was right for the company or for the team. And um, knowing Now what I know and being able to work with leaders to see how their own own self can be a barrier to them getting the things that they want Mm -hmm. is a really, really powerful piece of awareness. And, you know, I just think about if you are, you know, if you're leading a team and you're not aware of the fact that your language might be offensive to somebody or hurt hurt somebody's feelings or not be motivating that is such a you know it's it feels like such a small thing but if you're leading a huge massive team your results can tell you how your energy is like a direct result of 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 what those end results are and so um so we spend a lot of time on on unpackaging like how are you showing up how are you communicating what are the things that are going to be the most effective how do we find what the motivators are for the teams that we're leading um you know all of those things is is kind of where i spend my focus and the things that i really feel passionate about i feel like if we can make a dent in some of these areas um things could change massively for organizations um I agree. 
So now it's time to talk about how amazing yes. Leslie is. Excuse me. I'll go first. Uh, <laughs> I think that uh, one of the things that I have always thought was 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 really incredible about about watching you work and talking to you one on one is. I don't know. For me, as someone who did not come from like a, a corporate environment, um, I think that it can be so easy to fall into the concept in your mind that HR is compliance and complaints and rules and regulations. And I know it is all of those things. I know that it is all well, those I'm not things. There anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The worst HR. The but, two, yeah. but like as an HR executive at a huge company, I think it's what what I think is so cool, a learning that I uh, that I certainly take away from you, Leslie, is that even in a position where it's a lot of complaints and and um, having to resolve conflict and having to ensure compliance, like a lot of things that sound negative and not very fun or positive, you still have always and always do keep like the light shined direct shown directly on the like North star of possibility, mm. right? Like so it, Strength and weakness. <laughs> She's like, no, we're gonna get there. <laughs> yes, yes. We're getting Maybe there. with too many blinders on, but yes. Yeah. But there is always, there is always, and that's like a philosophy that you can feel. Mm. And mm. as a, a, in addition to a process that one can emulate. Uh, so I think that that I've never been on a coaching with you, but I can only imagine that the sort of like aura of yes, even in when you're day in and day out is these pedantic things that you really wish would just go away. It can still be better. 100%. And we and and this organization can still grow, and this organization can, if people want to agree to that, if people are going to make the sort of cultural social contract within yeah. that organization, 100%. that we are going to do that. And if not, maybe it's time for a change. Yep, absolutely. On my, anybody's anybody's yeah terms. A hundred percent. My number one strength is futuristic. So mm -hmm. yeah. So she and <laughs> it can be a can be a challenge too so yeah i have to check myself on that but thank you yeah it's incredible that. it's incredible <laughs> i would say that you're amazing at um again making i think i mean i think we're all good at but making people comfortable and mm -hmm. making things feel accessible um i mean i know that um leslie has coached me through many a many a conversation with uh you know when i was in a role that i was having um problems with leadership and she was helping me, you know, kind of talk through some of that and just the, um, it all just feels very tangible. I would say you have a great way of, um, something that seemed really hard coming to you with the issue saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this. And you just broke it down to seem very tangible and you're just real smart. Oh <laughs> you're real smart, but then she's going to make bad jokes. So yeah, that's I will something make bad you're going to have that. to uh, you know, put up with. I think to 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 your point, this is this is something that I've learned um in, you know, in getting into coaching relationships is that people um tend to lean one way or another. Either they can see really, really big picture mm. um, visions mm. and have a really hard time on like, how do I turn that into 
a yeah, thing that I need to yeah, do today. Yeah. yeah. Or you no. see this big thing and you're like, oh my gosh, it's so freaking overwhelming. And I don't, I like that makes me want to yeah. throw up, but I can do the minutia mm-hmm. today. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how we That's connect get- the minutia to here. And I don't know how to do the minutia to get to the vision that I'm so crystal clear on. And I think the thing that is, um, that I try to do when I'm working with clients is really get an understanding of how do they think? Are they here? Are they here in this like tactical area that we've got to get clear on where we're going yeah. so that the activities lead us to that bigger picture? Yeah. Or are they a big visionary that is just struggling with what do I need to do today, this hour, in order to to break down that bigger thing to, yeah. to, to where it's tactical? And I think that's been a huge learning for me around like working with just I mean, different kinds of executives that focus on different things. I think you're great at it, though. I mean, I know that. I mean, my experience with you has always just been um, just very approachable. Like, it it feels very easy. And sometimes I think the biggest skill, I think, is in the moment you're making big changes, but it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. like – Sometimes it just feels like a conversation, and then I walk away, and I'm like, "Hey, yeah, there's a change. Wait a minute. Yep, you go co- build a big program. Yeah, you coached me. Uh, but I think that there's something to be said for that because you, it feels so natural, and you just have a wonderful way with people and make and again meeting them where they are. Um, that I think sometimes you don't even notice that you're being coached yeah. <laughs> and that it, and the, and what's happening and the change kind of in the moment because it feels it just feels really, really natural mm-hmm. and yeah, Thanks, Libs. thank you. would wholly agree with that. And I think um, this is you know, I haven't worked with Leslie for a decade plus as some people have. oh, but i I do see the ways in which you are people driven, um which to me is like, such a great way to be and seeing that um, that work you do with your clients, but then also working with you at Inso, the way in which you're always people driven mm-hmm. with all of us. Mm-hmm. And I think you have such a generous spirit and like that generosity across so many different facets and that you really believe in what you're doing. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just incredible to see someone who has these like I mean, and it probably says something about my values that I'm like, these beautiful values that are so amazing. <laughs> and I love the values. Um, and how much like you believe in them and stick to them. And those two things can be really hard to bring together. Like you can believe in something, but whether or not you stick to it and do it is something else. Mm-hmm. And I think you've got this incredible skill to do that. And I know that's something that you practice at too. So it's not like you're like, oh, natural. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of that does feel really natural, but that it's something it's that like you you are conscious about it and you put in the thought and work to make sure that's what you're doing. And again, coming back to like how much people are part of that. And like I um, have met so many people who know Leslie Mm -hmm. and and like everyone is such a big fan. And I mean, that's probably true to anyone. But it's true. And I and and like to Libby's point, I think when people talk about you and spending time with you, there's this like I felt really hurt Mm -hmm. and I felt like there was something in me that was unlocked. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just like such a beautiful strength. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I think that's true about all of us, which is probably why we are all working together. We found each yeah. other. It's true. Yeah, it's really it's true. true. It's We're very important. It's very important. This is going to sound this is going to sound cheesy, but that's okay. I do think that we we are 
held by this common belief that people should come as they are. I really mm-hmm. do. I yes. think that that is a commonly held totally. thread among all four of us. 100%. Come as you are. Yeah. Because who else are you going to come as? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And why? Yeah. Exactly. Would you want to? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, this was a fun season one, you guys. It was. And it was. more to come. We're doing another season. We're doing a second season. Absolutely. We're really excited about it. We'll do more of these types of interviews. There will be some highlights on some of these programs that are being created. Libby's got one coming out soon. I do. Too. I have a program. And yes. um, I know these things are, you know, it's it. And again, going back to being people centric, which is yeah. what we all are, is, you know, we want to make um, some of the things that we're doing more accessible to more people. So, so be on the lookout for that. That's going to be fun. And um, yeah, I mean, keep coming as you are, right? Yeah. On three, one, two, three, come Come as as you are. are. And subscribe to the podcast on all (laughs) streaming platforms. Also, the podcast name is As You Are. It's As You Are, but come as you are. Come as you are. Uh, Or you could be as you are. Or be as you are. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes, we are. We love you guys. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. (laughs) 